Mary Gainness. That's all I have to say, really and truly. So, Michael, I wanted to bring something up to you. Yes. Um, <laughs> Drew Stafford <laughs> <laughs> makes me angry on the Boston Bruins. Yes. Really and truly. Because, first off, Claude Julian, I know he's the most winningest coach in Boston Bruins history, but that doesn't mean anything to me because his 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 style of play just makes me angry. Well, it's it's a team factor when it comes to I mean any sport. Any yeah. sport it's a team. So you can have a coach behind the bench that kind of knows what he's doing and you're still going to have a good team. The team is winning on behalf of him. I know. But like the people in Boston and like people that I talk to all the time are are always like, you know, sucking him off and sort of the Oh my God, Claude Julian's the greatest ever. Blah 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 blah. Like, I, no, I don't. I'm not a fan of the dump and chase, and I have never been a no. fan of the dump. And I don't like when Zdeno Chara dumps the puck into the zone and then you know goes for a line change because he's 110. Like, that's <laughs> not fun for me. It's not fun for me to watch. No, you know, it's like watching the Rangers having Danger already dump the puck into the fucking offensive zone every single time. Well, that's that's just a whole another can of worms. That <laughs> that's just Danger already <laughs> playing hockey. We, we can get to that later. Later, later would be good because I still need to recover from that and yeah. from the past 10 seasons of dealing with him on the Rangers seriously though all right so trades this week in the NHL yep trade ben deadline Bishop, sorry go ahead no trade deadline just passed for our viewers um just passed what was it uh March 3rd I think it was I think it was was it Wednesday this past Wednesday so yeah March 3rd so that means all trades are off for people that are not familiar with sports um rest of the season until the off season so once uh, winners declared of this season cannot perform any trades. Now, the interesting thing about this trade deadline is the introduction of the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, Jesus. So they've actually been <laughs> activated to where they can make transactions that will start counting for next season. So right off the bat, they can start picking people to prepare their roster for next season. So like prior to the um, the expansion draft, they can make trades? Yeah, so they can they can start making uh so they can trade moves. picks in the, in this season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and they can they can start making uh, transactions and things like that. Now, what's also cool is that teams can start communicating with the management of the Las Vegas Golden Knights. There shouldn't be a management of the Las Vegas, but that's a, like a another story for another time. Right. But regardless, so so like the Bruins of the Rangers could get in touch with the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, I mean, any of the 30 teams. And uh, trade Zane Ochara and everyone that's not Dave Pasternak, Brad Marchand, and Patrice Bergeron. Well, to... see, the the interesting thing about um, the Rangers situation, at least, is they have one of the best goal scorers this season so far on their team, surprisingly, Michael Grabner. Mm-hmm. And Michael Grabner is a very attractive item on the market. Now, you would have thought with a team that's pretty much self-aware that it's not going to make it deep into the playoffs, especially with the defensive core that they have, you would think that they would have made a move for Michael Grabner to either get a really high pick uh, into the 2018 draft, or sorry, the 2019 draft, because this draft season isn't really looking too good. Um, Because a depth team, a team that needed more depth on scoring would want him, and that means it's a team that's going to make it deep into the playoffs, and you're not going to get a high pick. So you'd want that for the next draft year, because this year's not looking good. Mm Mm-hmm. As far as I can tell, I feel like any draft that doesn't have Connor McDavid in it and Jack Eichel, uh, Jack Eichel, Jack Eichel in it, it's just not a good draft for me. Well, that's that's just a high standard. I mean, you have—I don't know what you're talking about. You have a pretty much a Wayne Gretzky reincarnate right there. How dare you? Wayne Gretzky is the greatest person on planet Earth. 
Yeah, well, he was ahead of his time. Yeah, I'm way ahead of his time. time. What? What? Um, but Ben Bishop to L.A. kind of makes me angry. It doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make sense at all. It's like you, tra- you traded you traded Ben Bishop for Pierre Budai, basically. And it doesn't make sense for either team too, because what does that give Vasilevsky in Tampa Bay? The the idea, hey, if you don't perform well. This old guy is taking your spot. <laughs> Basically. So. A, I feel like Peter Budai is old enough to be my dad for some reason. Yeah. He's definitely seen better days. But he did hold it down pretty well in L.A. while he was there. He had he had so many shutouts. But I feel like if you have Drew Doughty on your team, I may not like the guy, but if you have Drew Doughty on your team, I can't even make that argument because Drew Doughty still is not like an incredibly defensive guy. You know? Well, I mean, this season's been a little bit different for him. Uh, I feel like he's kind of, I don't want to say regressed, but he's kind of moved into that not always running for a Norris each season, like an Eric Carlson is, or a P.K. Subban, or Brent Burns, who has just been an absolute monster this season. It doesn't make sense to me. That guy scores goals like nobody's business. He well, should be a forward, but he's too big to be a forward and too aggressive, and then he's I don't he's like good at everything he does I just I feel like it's the mighty ducks effect where no one wants to stand in front of his shots <laughs> so I, I feel Probably. like he's just throwing cannons he also has like a total of five teeth in his head so people are just like, he looks like I a don't, homeless person I don't want to die from one of his shots so no yeah. thank you we're Seriously, not gonna though. deal with that yeah so uh, a thing that really confused me as well that the Kings did so they moved for Bishop which uh, I mean that's you you have someone who's arguably a starter mm-hmm. in Jonathan quick. And then another, arguably, and possibly not a starter in Bishop. Yeah. Bishop's kind of rode a wave with being on the Tampa Bay Lightning and them having such success because of their youth movement with Stamkos, with you know Drilling. Kucherov, and, and all of them on the team. You, you have this huge youth movement moving with them, and all of a sudden you're marketing Bishop. So I, I, don't, I don't blame them. I don't blame them at all. But it just doesn't make sense, though. You know? Then they then the Kings go for Aginla. <laughs> Aginla, how many teams has he been on now? He spent his whole career in 30 Calgary, out of 30. and and now he's been on. He was on the Bruins, yep. which that season was weird because everyone thought that he was going to be going to the Penguins. Isn't that the same season that he Yager was on the Bruins? I think so. So I, we had Yarmir Yager and Jerome Aginla. In the same year on the same team. I don't think so, because I feel like I'd remember that, because that's just like relics. Should be the Boston relics, not the Good. Boston relics anymore, because then you also had Chara. Oh my God. As well. So, now the thing, the thing that kind of, kind of did me in being being a Rangers fan, is Shattenkirk, and, and of course he doesn't have control over this. I mean, he does have a say on where he goes and where he doesn't go, but he has to provide a list that's part of the contract. Mm-hmm. So. Of course, he's going to provide Stanley Cup contenders. He probably provided Pittsburgh. He probably provided Washington, definitely, since he's on Washington now. But he's a native New Yorker. And he, even on his Twitter account, you can look at his Twitter account, and it's proud New York native. Yeah. Like, or native uh, New Yorker at heart, something like that, along Where the lines of that. From? He is from, oh, geez, let me look that up right now. Um, I think see he's from like pennsylvania, pennsylvania. <laughs> no de- definitely not let's see if he's from long island it doesn't count that definitely not long island i know he's definitely somewhere new rochelle oh that's a shame yeah he's from new rochelle no offense to anyone out in there in new rochelle but 
for so, sure take offense. The the interesting thing about Kevin Shattenkirk though is they interviewed him after he was moved to the Washington Capitals, and one of the, the I mean the trade itself and the conditions of the picks and things like that was just confusing to no end. <laughs> um, but there there was also no stipulation for them to pick him up and then him to resign or to already have a contract in place. Mm-hmm. So basically, what he said is. I'm going to test free agency once the season's over. So Washington took a huge gamble in shipping out a lot. That was a lot for Kevin Shattenkirk. I mean, he's a great defenseman. Yeah. You know, you can't just look at stats with this guy. He he plays excellent defense. He he is a top two defenseman on most teams and a top four on every single team out there in the NHL right now. So you cannot discount this guy. Yeah. But it's seeming like he figured why not go to – Washington, who has been on an absolute streak since the turn of the calendar. Yeah. 2017 has been nothing but ridiculous for the yeah, Washington Brandon Capitals. Has, he's been like 32 and 0 or something. Or 32 yep. and 1 or something just ridiculous. They they haven't lost in regulation at home and if I'm not mistaken in 2017. That's disgusting. That makes me sick to my stomach because I'm not a Capitals fan and I dislike the Washington Capitals because they beat the Bruins in the playoffs and like Nicholas Backstrom uh, was it Nicholas Backstrom? No, he's a goaltender. Nope. Uh, well, I mean, yes and no. The Nicholas Backstrom is a forward on Washington. There's, there's two also Nicholas Backstroms. There's two I Nicholas Backstroms. One Backstrom. of them was not Nicholas. I thought it was for some reason. I thought it was his name was something else. His no, it, it's weird. It, it, one of them, one of, one of the players uses a different character on I think in his first name. So like, there's a little thing over the A in Nicholas for if I'm not mistaken, the goaltender, yeah. um, and for. Uh, Nicholas Backstrom of the Washington Capitals. I don't think it's there. Damn but it could be the other way around. I don't know. But regardless, I, as a sentiment, like, he takes face-offs like no one ever, I've ever seen before. Well, he's an impressive hockey player. It's, I mean, it's disgusting. But then you have Alexander Ovechkin, who's going great at, like, 15. You know? The guy started going great immediately out of the womb. And then, <clears throat> allegedly... There may be some HGH involved, but I'm not doubting that at all. I mean, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to put an accusation out ale- there. Excuse me, allegedly, yeah, there has been some HGH out there, but you know, whatever. Who hasn't dabbled in the HGH at some point or another? But well, that's that's a that's a whole other discussion for for another day is whether that's that's something that should be done. Yeah. Now, what's interesting with the Rangers situation is instead of getting Shattenkirk, I, Brennan Smith was already in their sights, mm-hmm. so. I do feel that Jeff Gordon is looking to make improvements on defense. I thought he raced cars. Different Jeff Gordon. Damn it. That's why I emphasize on the T. Uh-huh. I know. Um, yeah, spell your name G-O-D. Never mind. I yeah, don't try it. and spell. Please. <laughs> Save us all from that. Um, yes. Y-E-S. <laughs> so they pick up Brennan Smith from, from Detroit. And it's it's very apparent that that is not a rental deal. Mm-hmm. It is a trade to keep Brendan Smith in the system and to possibly replace one of hopefully almost all defensemen, except for Brady Shea and for uh, Ryan McDonough, is to replace one of definitely Kevin Klein or Dan Girardi, which I'm hoping, hoping, praying to the gods that Dan Girardi hangs up the skates after this season. He's had too many injuries. He's not the player that he used to be. He takes too many hits. He take he blocks too many shots. He is not the hockey player he used to be. He's also not good. I'm just gonna throw that out there. He's like he for some reason he always slides on the ice. I don't know whether he secretly wants to be an ice dancer 
or No, it's because what? he doesn't know how to play defense. Listen, just because you hired a traffic cone, New York Rangers, does not mean that he needs to like be kicked over or something. Because it looks like, you know, um, you know in those Pixar movies when the, the lamp jumps up and down and it crushes the and eye? And crushes the eye. Yes. Dan Girardi's the eye. Yes. He gets crushed by literally anyone that is on the ice. Jonathan Druin would light that poor guy up. I mean, he just, does. It's it not just doesn't make wood. sense. He does. So the funny thing about Dan Girardi is in terms of Corsi and Fenwick uh, possession stats, for those who are not familiar with the advanced stats of hockey, of all defensemen in the league, he's at the bottom. I can't imagine he why. He is dead last. So now not only do you have a defenseman that can't defend, he also can't possess. Now, at least Mark Stahl has an excuse. Unfortunately, he had that injury where he lost a lot of vision in one of his eyes. And with all things considered, that plus the concussions, one of which he received from his own brother, which is messed up on a whole nother level. <laughs> it really and truly is. Yeah. What do you think about that for a second? Like, <laughs> How do you explain that to your parents? <laughs> ma, ma, I get. I gave Mark a concussion on the ice. Like, what are you doing? And then they trade for him and then send him to Minnesota, where <laughs> Minnesota's now having an absolutely ridiculous season. Oh. Out of, I wouldn't say out of nowhere. They, they really do have excellent talent over there. <laughs> and it, it's good for the, for the state of Minnesota as well. They haven't had a good hockey market in a long time in terms of having a team to present that market. Yeah. Because it's, it's hockey or nothing in Minnesota, yeah. which is great. However... You know, ha- having that kind of like hometown presence as well with Ryan Suter yep. and Zach Parise mm-hmm. to have that with supplementing Eric Stahl and 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 youth that's on that team, yeah. it's crazy. They're fast, they're big, um, they're they're just really providing a staple for possession as yeah. well. Is well, they're they're stable. they're giving possession pos- eh, sorry possession stats yeah. that face that it needs because there's a lot of people out there that. And it's hard to believe. I don't know if it's just people struggle with math or they don't want numbers to decide a game and to think that a game is that predictable. But I hate to break it to everyone. It is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say one thing to you. Um, you know very well. We drove, not Mike and I, but, excuse me, uh, I drove from Massachusetts to Colorado this past summer. And we stopped in Toledo, Ohio. And... I apologize to anyone who is out there in Toledo, Ohio, but you have something called the Fifth Third Bank. So I don't know if that's just like on purpose or if you're just trying to troll the entire world, but whoever created the Fifth Third Bank, you, okay, the, the game is up. Like, it's not funny anymore <laughs> because now Donald Trump is the president and now people are like seriously starting to wonder if whether or not there are just genuinely dumb people out there. So possession stats in hockey... There's something called the Fifth Third Bank. So keep that in mind when you say yeah. some people might be bad at math because yeah. there is something called the Fifth Third Bank. Well, I mean, Not I know. Like five Thirds Bank, like, oh, it's an improper fraction. No, it's the Fifth Third Bank. It's in well, multiple states. It's it's not even a factor. Like, when I when I first looked at possession stats, I didn't understand them at all. Yeah, But I didn't so cast them aside. I didn't say, oh, well, numbers aren't going to tell anything. I mean, look at baseball. Yeah. You, you, have, you have stats now that provide almost the same – kind of possession stats that you see in hockey yeah and people cast them away at first and now almost the entire league is on the bandwagon yeah of those kind of in-depth stats mm-hmm. advanced stats now in hockey there's there's it, it's become a split 
It's pretty weird. And it's kind of... I don't want to compare it politically. Like, Democrats versus Republicans. Yeah. Where you have your your uh, stat nerds, as the other side calls it, and then you have your, your eye test people that literally just watch the game and don't even do a good job of that. So the thing I don't understand the most is that you can't keep your eye on each player mm-hmm. at all times throughout the game. Yeah, You don't have that many eyes in your head. I mean, as far as I know. I mean, maybe there's some mutants out there that have like 12 eyes on their face right. and is able to put one eye on each player, but that's just not possible. No. So that's already a flaw in the eye test. You can't you can't just watch a game and say, oh, that guy's good. And a lot of those people that do abide by the eye test are also people that just look at one column in stat sheets and your basic stat sheets, and that's the goal column. Yeah, right, or the assists. I don't know if people forgot, but an assist counts as much as a goal Yeah. in terms of points and even a secondary assist, which that's another discussion for another time. But people need to realize that this stuff... It's not 100% going to guarantee something about a player, but it's going to get really damn close in terms of how accurate it is. And if you look at the past Stanley Cup champions over the past like 10, 15 years, besides your Boston Bruins that won it with Tim Thomas. America. Without, I think, what was it? They didn't score a single power play goal throughout that whole run. Yeah, it was, it was and gross. Still, yeah. It was stupid. Like, play hockey. Thanks, Claude. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> this guy who loves grit and toughness and Zidane Chara, we didn't score a, a single goal on the power play. I, I'm pretty sure that stat is right. Like, a single... It, it just makes me angry. It, it's it's really kind of weird to fathom, but that's, once again, in, in statistics, that's an outlier. Yes. You have outlier data. It happens. And, and also, the previous season, they did also lose to... They blew a 3 nothing lead. Yes. To Philadelphia, so that's also still makes me angry. But regardless, so some other things to to discuss is um the playoff format. It's I don't understand it because the Bruins I think are going to make the playoffs, but they're like third in the in the um in the Atlantic. Yes, or third, second, or third in the Atlantic, and then the Rangers are second. Are they first in the in the Metro? No, division? not even close. Actually, no, it's. Uh, Washington is obviously way ahead. Well, they already yeah, have like 94 points. Which is so ridiculous. Um, They are in a wild card spot in their division. Yeah, which means they legitimately could not make the playoffs. Yeah, like, quite they possible. Legit- have a legitimate chance of not making it. Now, some people are saying that they might be like somewhat not tanking the season, but maybe intentionally losing games where teams that are ahead of them get those points. So... So, I've watched the majority of the Rangers games this season. Yes. Well, we do live together. Um, <laughs> I For some reason, I feel like they don't intentionally lose these games when they let up two goals at the end of the third period. I feel like that's unintentional. Right. And that's where, once again, it's some people are kind of not in touch with the reality with that kind of stuff. Like, if you intentionally lose games in hockey, I feel like you would have to at least make it less obvious. Yeah. And not... I think that's just defensive breakdowns at the end of the game i think it's a lack of stamina and things like that but anyways you know i mean i don't know the the playoff format is so weird in a lot of different sports like yeah, especially in football you know like when granted as i'm wearing a patriot sweatshirt the patriots have won the afc east like 14 or 15, maybe 15 out of the last 16 seasons which is when you think about it is disgusting it is and i know that 99 percent of the world hates the new england patriots 
but I don't care. And secondly, um, when you get like the if then statements in the NFL where like, oh, Baltimore could make the playoffs if there's a loss by Oakland and a win by this person and this person and the stars are aligned and, you know, the barometric pressure is this and that. And, and like, it's just, it's so confusing. And then the NHL took it one step farther and made it that much more confusing. Well, they, they tried to hybrid their system that they already had and then throwing in wild cards. <sighs> and then also only having two divisions. Um, I, I do agree. The two divisions, I think, makes things a little bit more simpler. Yeah. Because you have um, even teams on each side. Yeah. So before, because there were, there were 30 teams, you had five teams in each division. Yeah. There were three divisions per each conference. So that made things a little bit complicated because you're like, okay, who's in what division? And then it was like, how many times do we play? It was like crazy math that they were doing to, to, to make schedules. So yeah. having two divisions on each side made things a lot easier when there was an even amount of teams on each side. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now there's, what, 16 on one and 15 on the other. Well, now with the, with the Golden Knights coming in. Yeah. So tell me how that makes sense. Gary Bettman says, okay, let's move Detroit to the Eastern Conference. So now it's 16 on one side and 14. Then you bring in the Vegas Golden Knights, which I don't even want to get into the name. But... Excuse me, the Golden Showers. Thank yes, you yes, the Golden Showers. But, Sorry, Golden Knights. Not really. But you you bring in that 15th team, and now it's going to be weird. And then you're you're looking at another market, which is uh, rumored to be either Seattle or I think it's... Um, Oh, Portland, I think, is also possibly looking into picking up a hockey team. I'm telling you, put two in Denver. That's all I have to say. Nope. Why? Don't agree. Why? Sorry. No, it's just, it's like trying to be New York, and it's annoying in New York, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it is, but... With every sport, too. It's like, oh, we have Rangers and Islanders fans, and then it's like, oh, well, we have uh, Yankees and Mets and then you always have like that one team in Buffalo, like the Buffalo Sabres and the Buffalo Bills, where you have like that less than one percent fan base in New York. Yeah, where it's like, yeah, I kind of like the Buffalo. It's Bills. a it's a sad existence. But then when you get to the like the Bills Mafia, and they're just like jumping off of campers and onto tables and shit, it's it's kind of funny. Actually, yeah, because they live such a depressing existence. And again, nothing against Buffalo, but it's a kind of a it's kind of an odd place. Yeah, like Albany is. But Buffalo has like three hundred fifty thousand people, so it's that much exponentially odder, or weirder, whatever word you want to use, you know. But right. So but, yeah. Now an- another thing is the the concept of the coaches challenge. If we're if we're going to stick to hockey, is I I don't I, I'm not liking how it's panning out. Lately. And coaches in the NHL like st- habitually used at the wrong times. Yeah, it's not like NFL the NFL coaches challenge where sometimes they use it for legitimate purposes. I have not seen one coaches challenge in the NHL yet that has been for a legitimate thing. And they always seem to lose. Yeah. They always send it to, 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 to Toronto and Toronto always, you know, calls back and like, yeah, this is garbage. Um, well, the thing is, is that watch the replay, you know, there's only, certain conditions that you can actually use a coach's challenge uh one of them that i know for sure is on an offsides so yeah. let's say a goal is scored and you think it was on an offsides you can use your challenge sacrifice a timeout if you're wrong or keep it and the goal gets waved off if you're right 
I think also goaltender interference yeah. is one of the ones, uh, one of the conditions. But as far as I know, I think that's literally it. Yeah. I don't think there's any other conditions when it comes to it. I'm looking into it right now. But as far as I know, that's it. Well, I mean, how many other things could you possibly use it for? You know? I mean, that's really it. I don't know. I mean, like, let's say uh, a player gets tripped in the zone. Or let's say a zone entry. You were in the defensive zone. That yeah. team breaks out on a breakaway uh-huh. because someone got interfered with or something like that. I yeah. feel like that would be more reasonable. Yeah. You know? Uh, if And if that's the case... Then that's great that they have that that they have that in place. Mm-hmm. But if not, then what happens? You know, someone could just dump someone in the in the previous zone. If the ref misses it, it's screwed, and then it's and then it's a goal. Right. And it shouldn't be. Um, now I I do agree that there th- there is a a pretty decent crowd out there that does not agree with uh, vertical offsides, where if a player's like foot, let's say is over the blue line but not touching the ice it's still an offsides i don't agree with that at all i think it's stupid i think it kind of ruins the pace of the game yeah that a player is still technically but because their foot or arm or things like that i would say foot i don't know about arm because then someone could just reach back yeah but skating you're in mid stride you know you're not gonna you know these are professional hockey players they do know how to skate they know how to skate well stands a few like tanner glass who just got called back up to the rangers I just want to die on the inside and on the outside as well. Um, but I feel like they're just making it that much more exponentially complicated. Yeah. You know? Because in the NFL, like, you have this situation where if the ball crosses this imaginary line coming up from the goal line, it's right. a touchdown. Yep. You don't need to cross the line. Like, in excuse me, in the Super Bowl, when um, – what's his – I think it was James White. I think that's his name. Running back for the, the Patriots in overtime when he – when he when the ball crossed the line, but then they're like no touchdown, touchdown, no touchdown, and it only has to be the ball. Yeah. But now the NHL has made it that much more complicated by saying, "Oh well, if your foot is like above the line and your the tip of your skate crosses it, but the puck is like is the person in the zone or out of the zone before the puck gets there? That's what I want to know. It's a one or a zero. Right. It's not that hard. It shouldn't be that hard." You and know? you're you're also leaving it on the human eye, right? To check if that person is actually I mean, above the line. I guess that's the way of kind of making it simpler. Is that if the player's foot is on the ice, it makes it easier to determine, right? Whereas if it's not, then you just call it offsides anyway, just in case, right? That's kind of like to save face for the referees, yeah. Which is also why they got rid of like two line pass and things like that, which, which was, was a stupid rule in the first it place. It was the dumbest rule ever. <laughs> we want to we want to cut down on scoring because our players are too good. Yeah, that was like the Steve Eiserman era, or and you know the the um, you know when Pavel Datsuk first came into the league with with Detroit and the Sergei Fedorovs and the Mike Badanos with Dallas and those people were like oh they're scoring too much like do you hate your own sport. Yeah. Do you want to like stop what people are watching for? And they now all of a sudden they're concerned about scoring. Yeah, right. Now they're, people they're aren't shrinking the pads on goaltenders, which is dangerous. Right. Uh, they decreased the 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 size and the padding on the uh, goaltender pants. Yeah. Which now goalies have actually been voicing their opinion on, and they are actually being hurt more. They're getting more bruises. Yeah. Uh, in that leg area, which is not good. No. That's going to shorten a career. They they, you know. Are getting battered yeah. in in the thigh region and things like that. 
on a nightly basis and they're not getting enough padding there, yeah, yeah. like maybe they might have a little bit more flexibility, but it's it's not going to help. And then you also have shrinking of the pads, that kind of stuff. It's just I understand that you want scoring to go up, but either increase the net size or make it where things like vertical offsides. Yeah. You know, make it where if it if it seems apparent that the player is still on the line where they're entering the zone, you're going to increase play instead of calling it dead every single time you think right. they're offsides. Yeah. So, but, you know, we're not in charge of this. I mean, it's, it's like, well, two things. First and foremost, I was watching a Bruins game over the break, and they were playing Buffalo, and Jack Eichel used every single inch of that offensive zone. The puck, like, just barely stayed inside the, you know, the exterior line, part of the blue line, and people in Boston started booing, and they were going crazy. Like, why are you mad that the guy's good? Yeah. He used every bit of the zone. But there also seems like there's this... Oh, and oh, by the way, they scored on this play. Yeah. Because, you know, it's Jack Eichel, and he can score and, you know, put it in one of those little tiny slots. He could score in a red solo cup if he wanted to. <laughs> but um, then you get these things where people and, and companies try to, like... Um, Know, progress with the keep up with the times too quickly like the history channel for example they went <laughs> they just skipped over all of this like trying to market history to youths and they just went right to alien shows yeah and it just completely killed their own channel yeah i really miss you know? actually learning from the history channel. I, yeah right when they had world war ii documentaries and they had all of this stuff and they just skipped all of the let's make history more marketable to the millennials and they just, went, <laughs> they just go right to aliens. Like, what are you doing? World War II, alien technology. Yeah, right. The aliens caused World War so II. So what you're telling me is that the Germans had access to alien technology and lost World War II. If you mean alien to Germany and sort of in like... That would be... Ooh, now it's Polish technology? Yes, technically. But not from outer space, no. That would be the biggest L of humankind <laughs> to, least... to be taken. If you had alien technology and you still <laughs> lost the war. Yeah, the Dutch, the Dutch mess you up. At, at the Battle of Arnhem, and you have like lasers from Mars, and you just get your ass kicked. Whoops! Yeah, D Day would have been. It turns out blimps are from aliens. Did you know that? There's up ones. <sighs> Whatever. Get it right. That's a yeah. joke. If anybody knows that, what that's from? I don't know what that's from. So, well, it's from Monty Python. Oh, well, Flying circus. It's a zeppelin. <laughs> they keep calling it a blimp or a balloon. I oh, I'm classic. also borderline an idiot, but it's okay. Um, so I also wanted to bring something else up, and we were talking before this about um, the what is it the the Nintendo Switch? Oh yeah, whatever yep. it is. So Nintendo Switch just came out for for people that are not familiar with it, it is Nintendo's new gaming system, and it is a hybrid console. This it's, is the first of its kind. It's, it's literally like a PSP throwback to the PSP. It's like that on crack. Yeah, and glorious. I think I think it's really cool, but there's some positives and negatives now. I think it's a really cool idea, the fact that you can plug it into a docking station. It then takes it from the screen on the actual device to your TV, which Honestly, is really cool. didn't know that. And then you basically have a controller that you can use. But then if you want to take it on the go or let's say, you know, your girlfriend texts you and she's like, all right, I'm coming over in like 15 minutes. And you're like, well, fuck, I want to still play, you know, Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Or whatever game you're playing on the on the Switch, you can undock it, 
take the controller, you basically split it in half, not actually, but it disconnects, mm-hmm. splits the controller in half, and then you attach it to each side of the switch. Mm-hmm. And then it's a screen. It's a, it's a display that the controller, one half goes on the left side, the other half goes on the right side, and you can actually play right there yeah. on the console, which is really cool. The thing is, though, is that there's some weird things going on that, that, I've, that I've read recently. Um, a friend of mine, uh, Rich from Review Tech USA, he actually shared something today that I saw on my Facebook feed, and it was about how Nintendo does not consider dead pixels in the Switch's actual screen as a manufacturer defect and is not covered under the manufacturer's warranty. Um, uh, hang on a second. <laughs> let's let's rewind. I think for, someone forgot to carry the two. <laughs> so so if a, if a TV has a dead pixel, I'm for sure calling the TV company and saying, hey, your TV sucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I didn't know that until right now. Yeah. So if the Nintendo Switch has a dead pixel, in like the first however many days, they are not going to cover it. Nope. And it's it's your manufacturer. Any of these uh, laptops, desktops, uh, gaming consoles, all that kind of stuff, they all come with one year manufacturer's warranties. It's pretty much been streamlined that if you have a dead pixel in it, I think even on their 3DS, if you get a dead pixel or at least like a cluster, that's usually how it goes. Is that there has to be like a cluster of like cluster three, four, five, <laughs> three, four, <or> five <laughs> uh, dead pixels in the screen. For it to be considered a defective device, yeah. Nintendo just basically said, "Well, screw all of you. It's not a defect. That's not good. That is not good because that ow that brings me to believe that one of two things could possibly happen. We could see a repeat of what happened in the previous gen of consoles with the Xbox 360 and even the PlayStation 3 to an extent, not nearly as much as Xbox, where they had a greater than 50% failure rate <laughs> on their Xbox 360s in their Whoops. first generation of it. Yeah, it, it was only good the last possible generation you could buy one. <laughs> yeah, when they had like the super duper slim. Yeah, right. And then they was and they started creating the Xbox One. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's something that I'm worried about is that maybe there's something that we don't know and they know and they're slipping that through in the manufacturer's warranty and some fortunate soul was able to pick that up and get the drop, and fortunately for my for my friend Rich, he you know shares that, and he's got he's got a great following over there, and he's got an excellent channel where he talks about gaming news and and, and recent events in gaming, which is awesome because it keeps all of us informed on that, which yeah. is excellent. But that is a huge problem because if that means that there is a defect with it where there's screen issues and they already in their manufacturer's warranty agreement, because when you swipe that card or give the person cash or yeah you know, whatever it is, you have now accepted that agreement of their manufacturer's warranty. Yeah. And in most places, you only have 15 or 30 days to return that device if you're not happy with it. Mm-hmm. After that time frame, unless you have a warranty, like one that you get through uh, the retailer that you purchased it through, yeah, you're kind of screwed. And that sucks. Yeah. Or... They're just being weird. So who knows? This might pick up, uh, especially with social media and things like that today. You might see it where, you know, maybe they change their manufacturer's warranty. I highly doubt it because most companies just stick to their guns, which I don't blame them for. But that's kind of a dick move. Yeah. To pull that. Yeah. Yeah. We know something's wrong with it. So we're just not going to cover it. Thanks, though. Yeah. Another thing is, too, is that those controllers that split, which I guess I can understand the cost of it, but it's just kind of absurd at this point. 
$80. For the controller? For the controller. Get the hell. <laughs> Are you joking? Yeah. I could make my own controller for less than $80. It's, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I can kind of give them credit because I think the console here, let me just double check the price so I'm not throwing random numbers out there. That'd be $1 million, please. Okay. <laughs> like, the Nintendo Switch, I think, is two forty nine, if I'm not mistaken, for the for bad, the console, but still... or two ninety nine. I think it's two ninety nine. So it's about the same price as other competitive consoles, as the Xbox One and the PlayStation Four. But the replacement controllers are just kind of out there in, in price. It, it's it doesn't add up to me. Now another thing that's really cool, not to stray from that, is they're they're not using uh dvds or blu-rays for their games now the reason why is a because the console is literally the size of like your hand yeah but it's so you don't have to have something bigger and so it makes it portable so what they did is they use memory cards just like they do on their 3ds that's just pop the uh, the memory card right into the into the console and that's how you play your game those must be big ass memory cards though uh no they're actually smaller than the 3ds ones believe it or not but I mean, like in terms of capacity, wise. yeah. I mean, it, it has to. I mean, the console only comes with 32 gigs. Um, they'll probably have larger storage versions, and you have to get either memory cards or maybe flash drives or something like that. I haven't looked into it too much, but it's pretty crazy. I I, I do like the concept of it. I don't necessarily like the fact that either that a they're not holding up to certain standards as the rest of the markets hold a standard too with the dead pixel thing for the yeah. screens but also the cost of all the things they add on because the console starts at 299 and then you gotta pay 80 dollars for another controller then you gotta pay this for a memory card or for additional storage and it's kind of like making it where you're getting your console in bits and pieces as you go on yeah they That's... made a they made it an a la carte gaming system literally a la carte yeah <laughs> so it's like okay you have to buy they might as well just sell you all the individual components and like just ikea it yeah it's like a console with dlc seriously (laughs) they took it to like a whole new level of a la carte but i mean i think they're banking on the uh, that the world is just an entire population of people like me who don't know what the hell is going on (laughs) with technology well another thing is is that uh nintendo being a japanese manufacturer and 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 a large part of their customer base is Japan, things are completely different in Japan in terms of gaming. Mm-hmm. And the reason why Nintendo made this jump to a hybrid portable slash, you know, standalone console that you can have plugged into your TV is because the mobile gaming market has taken off tremendously in Japan. Yeah. And it, it's it, it's trying to stick with the times, right. which I completely understand. But it's kind of tough when you're throwing additional costs left and right. Right. And and not making it easier for your users, mm-hmm. but I mean it, it's it just came out. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, as as far as the feedback I've heard, I think it's been really good feedback. People have been very happy with it. Uh, I know a lot of people that have gotten special editions. A few of my friends, and they've been ridiculously overjoyed. I'm jealous because I really want to play the new Legend of Zelda game because I've I've played that since my childhood, and that's that's been a big part of growing up for me is, is playing those games. I played Ocarina of Time. I played Majora's Mask. I played 
the Adventures of Link on the NES. That makes my brain hurt. <laughs> like thinking thinking about the, the how in depth those games are makes my brain legitimately hurt. It's and I feel like it, it's a point of regression because I mean Legend of Zelda has stuck to that kind of complex, yeah. you know, environment where it's where it's 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 open world because yeah. even Ocarina of Time was open world. It was it was still pretty linear, but it was an open world kind of linear where you can kind of like make your own path, but it was a path that you were still going. Yeah. But you had to do things a certain way. Right. Uh, Breath of the Wild is completely 100% free roam. Right. So you just free roam, you you do your, your missions, and you follow the story right. accordingly. But it's open world, mm-hmm. which is really, really cool. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we both, you and I both played that, whatever it is. And obviously this is not on the the Switch. But we both played that the new Tom Clancy, what is it, Borderlands or uh, <laughs> Wildlands or whatever the hell it is? Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands. Yeah, whatever the hell that name is. Um, it was pretty good until you drive a dirt bike off the side of a mountain <laughs> and you somehow like land perfectly fine. Yeah. Or you jump out of a helicopter. Or... Well, to be fair, Grand Theft Auto did the same thing too. Listen, Grand Theft Auto is a great game and I'll never disrespect Grand Theft Auto <laughs> because I drive dump tr- six-wheel dump trucks around and sit in traffic and commute. I virtually commute more than I actually commute. Yes. So it takes it takes me 10 minutes to get to my job, but somehow I extend my GTA 5 commute to be like three and a half hours long. And um, He's not lying, everyone. No, yeah, he, he's actually telling the truth. I've, I've seen it. Coming from the person that plays Farm Sim and legitimately enjoys playing Farm Simulator and driving big trucks around, I've yeah. never like progressed past the age of four. But... That game was actually pretty good, like the, the, the actual shooting mechanics of it. Yeah, I mean, Ghost Recon games have always been amazing. Uh, I've, I've been a huge fan of them. I always, I, I had uh, Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter yeah. and Graw 2 on the 360. But then you get things where you, like, I can't even remember one of the, the crazy, oh, you get things where there are, a car is driving down the road and it somehow like goes for a, a giant like leap 10 feet in the air. Well, yeah, keep lands. in mind it's beta. They're smoothing that. Yeah, keep out. in mind these people know more about technology than I do, and they should be better at this. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Three words, uh, two words, be better. That's all. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Good game. Yes. No, I, I think it's I think it's an excellent game. I think it's going to pan out very well. Um, Ubisoft definitely needs something like this where yeah, they need all to the recover. other games they put out is trash. Because the past few years have been atrocious and they're still somehow making money hashtag the crew that's all i have to say well you had the crew you had assassin's creed unity where they literally gave out another free game (laughs) because the game sucked that badly they they came out there were so many people that were like hey ubisoft this game sucks what are you gonna do and they were like uh (laughs) you know anybody that bought it in this time frame you get a free game i had because at my previous job i had i had people coming in Mm -hmm. And a customer would come in. They're like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for Assassin's Creed Unity." And I'm like, "Why?" <laughs> and like, "Well, if I buy it, then I get a free game because I bought it." And I'm like, "Okay, that's not bad logic at all." Yeah, I'll give you credit. So mm-hmm. people were actually at that time frame because they had just announced and they, they like, for some reason, Ubisoft must not be smart enough to realize that they tacked on a little bit to this window of of purchase. And put the time frame after they announced that they were going to do this. Yeah. So you have people running out and buying the game just to be like, hey, I, I had it, and you guys messed up. Yeah, so I, I don't know what that was all about. Who knows? But, yeah, they, they messed up big time. Um, then the next, I forgot what the, the 
Assassin's Creed after that was, I don't but know, I, I, I gave up on that franchise. Yeah, but unfortunately, there was also uh, the Division. Tom oh, Clancy's The Division. Now I, I was so sad. I I've taken new policy with gaming. Yeah, and what I do basically is I don't look into any of the games. Mm-hmm. I wait until it comes out, unless it's a game that I know of for sure that I'm going to like, something that I've either played before and they're just coming out with a new version, or something that literally everyone that I know is talking about and is going crazy. Like the last game for that was Destiny. Mm-hmm. For me, all my friends were like, "Oh, dude, you got to get Destiny. You got to play it. It's a fun game. It's looking amazing. You got to get it." So I got it. Year one was awesome. And then they made all these changes midway through year one, and it was getting kind of weird. And I, I kind of miss the the way games used to be, where they didn't update the game on a constant basis, changing the way that the weapons worked and how powerful or how weak they were. Yeah. And I miss that, because it, it made the game where you had to work on the dynamic of it. And I understand making it an even playing field, you know, making it where everyone's using everything in the game. Mm-hmm. But it kind of takes away that advantage of people that are seasoned in the game yeah. and understand it can get to that next level. And they're giving the people that don't play as much an advantage right. because they can just say, oh, well, let's look at the patch notes recently. Mm-hmm. Okay, the you know assault rifle is the most powerful gun. They you know beefed it up a little bit. I'll just use that when I play online for an hour and boost my rankings because it's more powerful. So it's not really as much as talent of the player. It's more of just using what they've buffered yeah and not using what they've nerfed yeah and they did that with tom clancy's the division yeah the division they they not only made changes to the weapons and uh buffered things nerf things all that kind of stuff but they also changed the mechanics of the game halfway through Mm -hmm. of it coming out so it came out it was really cool like for people that don't know what tom clancy's division is it was a game that took place in new york city and a epidemic spreads out and you have this this issue with uh, placement uh, you know citizens and all that kind of stuff are placed all over the uh, all over the map you have these factions that are rebelling against the military and against this unit so you work in a unit you play with people online and you fight off these uh, organizations that are trying to take over New York City essentially during it's like this the crisis. Story to I Am Legend. Yeah, kind of. It's like what what happened Which beforehand. Which scares the shit out of me. Yes, you know. But it was it was a really cool concept. But then they started adding. You know, you had a gear level, and then you had the level of the weapon that you had, and then there was different versions of that weapon, and it just became this crazy grind. And then people just stopped playing it, mm-hmm. and now you can get it for like fifteen dollars on Amazon. Yeah. And the game's like not even a year old. Yeah, it's so weird. So I think I think though that, especially with um, Rainbow Six Siege, yeah. helped Ubisoft out a lot. Yeah. That kind of revitalized them a little bit, even though that came out right around the same time as the Division. Because it wasn't trash. Right. Um, very simple game though, but sometimes that's what you need to do. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of games out there that are really simple that don't have a lot of moving parts to it, like Counter Strike. Yeah. Counter Strike doesn't have a lot of moving parts to it. It's, it's one of the most popular games on PC, and you just have guns. You don't have any other crazy stats or anything like that. It literally comes down to skill right? and preference. And, I mean, I don't know if Wildlands is going to be like that, because I, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if it's just going to be, like, campaign. 
but no multiplayer or if they're going to have that kind of like the division aspect like i don't know if this is kind of like a rebrand of the division and making up the mistakes that they made i hope they don't and just too much with making it, it, it where was... it's you're fighting the cartel instead yeah, right. of people in new york city yeah you know i mean don't get me wrong the map was it looked huge yeah those two parts where we were in were gigantic by themselves and then there's like 30 more parts that you can go into i mean it looks it looks to be honest with you it looks really good but i just hope they don't try to do too much with it you know but anyways but i wanted to talk about the news a little bit yes because what is it saturday so yesterday yes the, the president of the united states okay donald j trump yes came out and said something about how Barack Obama has wiretapped his phones in the White House. Okay. This is a legitimate story that came out. Yesterday. Yeah. Oh, I, I know. I saw it. <laughs> I don't know if he's trying to paint Obama as this, like, demonic puppet master who's, like, tapping stuff. And, and there was that story that came out, <clears throat> excuse me, a while ago about trump going to the some hotel somewhere and getting prostitutes to piss on him in some bed because because the, <laughs> the the obama slept in the bed and he really wanted to spite them. like are you kidding me the thing is is i wouldn't even put it past him well i would because put it past him he because, is super childish yeah but I would if you look it, at his tweets on a daily basis he's a seven-year-old child yeah i would put it past him though because he is sort of like a a very public germaphobe and he is also that's the only saving grace. I and will he say does that. have a screw loose. So those people who have like a like a um a few screws loose. Well, yeah, the that comedian, the guy who's on uh, whatever that show is, America got America's Got Talent, the the show that I've threatened to buy NBC for it to get rid of. <laughs> um, but uh, um, Howie Mandel, that guy's like a that's his name, right? Howie Mandel. I have no the idea. Bald guy I, don't, with the, I don't watch that. I don't know. Oh yeah, he used to be on uh, Deal or No Deal. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, so he has like uh, it's, he's it's like OCD a OCD plus. Yeah, he's uh, like a super germaphobe. Yeah. So Trump is that like that guy, except he's now the president of the United States, and so. And the other guy is a decent human being. Yeah, and also funny. Yes. Trump is not funny. No. He just says sad at the end of his tweets, but I mean this whole the whole policy arena from his point of view has been, I feel like, let's start off really, really fast, and let's get all of this stuff out. Yeah. And then make Congress litigate on it. Like, make Congress write these laws. Yeah, he's just throwing then, darts at a dartboard. Yeah, basically. Because then you get, like... There's there's two parties... I don't even want to say two parties. There's two houses in Congress in this country for a reason. Yes. There's three branches of government in this country for a reason. Yes. People don't realize that. Like, and after the election, there was this big push to get rid of the the electoral college, and there was this big push for only the popular vote, and there was this big push for all of that jazz. Yeah. When you rely only on the popular vote, then you get places like West Virginia, or Mississippi, or wherever that are not huge population centers, and they are completely underrepresented. Yeah. Granted, some of the people like <coughs> Jeff Sessions from Alabama are batshit crazy. Yeah. But then you get some people, and obviously I don't know whether Mr. Sessions is actually crazy. Excuse me. But, you know, I mean, some of the things he says are legitimately concerning. But then you get all of these people who are completely underrepresented now 
if you ran completely in a popular vote, you would have to run in three states. Texas, New York, and, and California. That's it. Yeah. Maybe, like, Connecticut and Massachusetts and, like, Pennsylvania. Or Ohio. But that's just a ridiculous statement. Just because your person didn't win does not mean that we need to abolish this entire system to make sure that they people like that, the more popular candidate can win in the future. My, my thing is, is I think the, the huge problem with not only politics, but just how our society is today in the United States and, and most likely outside the United States as well as the people don't really know who to listen to. No. And it's become so spread thin mm-hmm. with uh, different opinions, uh, different sources. Mm-hmm. You have you have these, you know, you have the, the president himself talking about fake news and calling actual news organizations right. fake news. That's not only slander, in, right. in my opinion, but you're also disenfranchising a an, exta- an established news corporation. And a giant group of people who rely on that. Yeah. You know? But... I mean, he has CNN to thank for his presidency. The fact that they covered him so much was advertisement for himself. Yeah. So it's kind of like a double slap to the face. It's like CNN didn't want you to win, but because they covered you, you won. Right. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. I'm still going to shit on you, though, because you're now realizing that I was not fit for this job. Right. And now you're doing everything in your power to make me look bad. So now I'm going to disenfranchise you. Right. Which is horrible. Yeah. That's horrible that someone who is representing democracy is doing that. Right. I mean, to be fair, though, I don't agree with 90% of the stuff that CNN says because... No, I, and you don't have to. No, of course not. But I can't remember what the gentleman's name was, but he was he was one of the um, reporters from the Watergate scandal yeah. back in the... Excuse me, in the 70s. And I think he's an Armenian gentleman, actually. Um <laughs> Ironically enough, um, doesn't have a beard though. No, he does not have a beard. Oh, well, nope. he might. He might actually. Maybe have a beard. he might. I don't, I don't know. know. Um, we're just gonna assume he doesn't though. Yeah. So we're gonna assume that this gentleman does not have a beard. I cannot remember the, like, the guy's name for the life of me, but he had said something about you know there's all of these different news media outlets, and then by that he wrote a book. I can't remember obviously the name of it either, um, but he basically updated it like eight times saying that the number of news outlets had gotten down to like five yeah because those five companies own all the news outlets it's like um um uh what's his face um the newspaper guy uh hearst hearst publications yeah. they own like every newspaper in the country not really, but well, it's kind of like cleaning products and other things, and just products in general. Yeah, like like Clorox and Lysol, they competed against each other, but they're owned both owned by P and G. Yeah, but people don't know the difference. Like it's literally the same packaging, just different colors. Yep. Nice try though. Um, but regardless, so you get these five media outlets, and they are worried about the bottom line. They're not worried about you know what people are actually legitimately concerned about seeing. What makes them the most money is what they're going to put on on the news, you know. And so this, what we're doing right now, is far more beneficial. And guess what? It's free. Yep. You know, it's not like, oh, we have these advertisers that we have to, to make happy. I'm not worried about pleasing GE or pleasing, you know, um, whatever it is, Clora, P&G. I'm not worried about pleasing them. I'm worried about pleasing the people who listen to this. That's, that's what matters. Yeah, we want our viewers to get the right information. Right. Not even, I mean, obviously that. But at the end of the day, it's not like it's a bottom line. 
like CNN or Fox News or MSNBC or whatever. And not to take anything away from them, but to take something away from them, it's it's gotten a little ridiculous now. And when people see that and then they spew that out, and when the president of the United States starts spewing that stuff out, something he saw on Twitter that Obama tapped his phones, that's a little ridiculous, you know? Well, but, keep in mind where the president gets his information from. Well, Twitter and Fox News and Fox and Friends and all Breitbart these, and Breitbart, Breitbart, yeah. and guess who's in his cabinet? Yeah, of course. But you you have Steve Bannon. Yeah, the guy that pretty much runs Breitbart, if not does run Breitbart, in your cabinet. Yeah. Then you're also eliminating certain people from your uh, from the scrums right. that they have and and, and his. Uh, Interviews, or not interviews, but his... Um, press conferences. Press conferences, thank you. Yeah. He's been eliminating certain news outlets. Yeah. When when did this become okay? It has never been okay. And there's that's a serious problem. Obviously. So why why yeah. isn't any, any other branch checking him on this? I think people are trying. I do. But at the same... I don't want to speak for a Congress because I don't know what they're doing. Right. But at the same time... Unless it goes directly to the Supreme Court, unless someone brings it to the Supreme Court, they're not going to be able to do anything about it, you know? And that's part of the issue. Someone has to bring it to them. And I think people are working on it and things like that. But it's such a weird situation. It's sort of like... It's also weird that he's really good friends with Alex Jones as well. Anyone who is really good friends with Alex Jones, we should probably worry about. Well, keep in mind, I mean, Joe Rogan is good friends with him. Yeah. But I don't think Our inspiration. I don't think Joe Rogan is really has has Alec Jones in his ear. No, definitely you know? not. And we're not saying that at all. No, but I think. But that's kind of like a contrast: is that you know Joe Rogan's friends with Alex Jones, but Joe Rogan doesn't get all of his information and has a level head with it. Right. Actually. But then you have the president of the United States yeah. in 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 good connection with Alex Jones, and that's kind of bad because Infowars. I, I mean, I don't know if anybody else has seen, like. The, the the kind of content that Alex Jones puts out there, but it's it's strange, right? And it's also very aggressive. And I mean, I don't know if he's on like some sort of HGH or steroid <laughs> or something, but he just rages, and he's just like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm yeah. sorry." I, I, I know this is a family show, and first of all, no, it's not. <laughs> it has that little red E next to it on iTunes. It's definitely not a family show. Yeah. Yeah, but but he claims it to be, right. and that's that's the funny part. Yeah, and not I, the person whose show it, it actually is. Joe Rogan doesn't claim it's a family show. Alex Jones claims it's a family show. Yeah, regardless, I mean, I'm not here to slander anyone. I don't. Alex Jones is completely entitled to his own. Opinion. Oh, for sure. But it's when you misrepresent facts that's when it becomes a problem. Yes, you know, anyone who does that that becomes a problem. Yep. You know, I um, agree. But that, I just I, that's a huge concern for me. And, and, and there was also, I saw one thing with with Trump where he he had, I think he, he was in Air Force One yeah. and he had the TV on and you could literally hear the local news in the background. Yeah. Like, you get, what was it, like Empire Cleaning? Yeah. You can hear in the background their little jingle. Yeah, right. And, like, that's, that's where, I mean, don't get me wrong, those local news sources aren't necessarily bad. No, they're actually probably more reliable than CNN or Fox News. Yes, but they're also trying to push content out even quicker than your CNNs and your And it's also specific NBCs. to one area. You're yeah. the president of the United States. You 
are the president of the United States, not the president of like New York City. Yeah. If you want to be the president of New York City, be the mayor. And it's also strange, in, in in my opinion, that you know, I mean, he he can sleep whenever he wants to. You know, right. yeah, he's his own person. But he is also the president of the United States, and he's up at six thirty, you know, slandering the forty fourth president of the United States. Right. And he's up at five a.m. talking about, you know, Miss Universe or Miss America, and slandering them, and and having all these accusations and not being held accountable for any of them. Right. I mean, there was that and thing, his cabinet too. Yeah, there was that thing where Kellyanne Conway was pushing, um, Ivanka Trump's brand. Oh. When it was in Nordstrom and all that stuff, there's some. There has to be some line that you draw, you know. No, what, what did you, you are, what did you think of that? Like, if you did, are, you think that was harmless, or did you did you really think that was kind of like a hey, buy her stuff because I work for her technically. You are the number. You are the number one most powerful per- person in the world, arguably, not Kellyanne Conway, but Donald Trump. Yeah. Okay. You are the number one most powerful person in the world, and you have your your. I don't know what her actual title is, chief of staff, not chief of staff, but um, uh, whatever she is. Go out and have people attempt to support her brand. That's a conflict of interest if I've ever seen one. Yeah, it's a conflict of interest and it's against the law. I don't see, I don't know if it is technically against the law. That's what I've been seeing on a lot of different places, like not just one source, but I've seen in yeah. multiple areas that that is, uh, I forgot the exact word, but... It's not good. I mean, if he were to come out and say, hey, like on national television, which I'm sure he probably has, come out and say, hey, buy my daughter's stuff. Yeah. And not something else. I think that would be against the law. But Kellyanne Conway is entitled to her own beliefs, and maybe separately she does believe that, and maybe she's pushing her own agenda. But for some reason, I feel like it's not true. It's so weird. Yeah. You know? I, I don't get a good vibe from it. Uh, I feel like if Donald, if, excuse me, if if Barack Obama's daughter, and obviously not to compare the two, right? But if Donald Trump's daughter was of the age to have a clothing line, or better yet, if um, I think her name is Jenny Jenny Bush, George Bush's daughter, she's on the Today Show. I yeah. think if George Bush was pushing his daughter's stuff while he was in the White House. People would have freaked out. Oh, he would have been, especially by liberals. He would have been because you know, Donald set on fire. He would have been crucified. Arguably, George Bush was far more presidential than Donald Trump is. Yeah, I mean, you it, know, it can comparatively in Trump's first month or so, or first few months, I I would say George Bush was definitely a more responsible leader. Yeah, but there's this like sentiment and, and, among people that we're gonna like get rid of all of these crazy people who are business as usual and then what does this guy do like if you look at it and say why did people vote for him yeah well they voted for him because he said all of the right things to get elected yes like any politician does Mm -hmm. but he also didn't have to pay for advertising which is another issue in itself right but if he goes and he says all of these different things "Mm, we're gonna build a wall we're going to ban Muslims, and I'm going to get your jobs back. Drain the Those swamp. Are the th- and drain the swamp and make America great again. Those are the five like trigger words for these people who have supported and pushed that agenda for the longest time. Yeah, it's, it's all catchphrases. Right. You pull a string on his back, and he says one of them. 
Exactly. I mean, they didn't get that stuff from Obama, especially, and definitely not George Bush. You know, they didn't get that stuff from him. Republicans, excuse me, and conservatives, and not that conservatism was a huge, like, brand yeah. when Bush was the president, but they didn't get that stuff from him. And now that they get this stuff, and they say, oh, we're going to bring your jobs back, and we're going to get rid of all these people who are preventing your jobs from being here because they're all of the, they all have a vested interest in not giving you your jobs. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know, and then what does he do? He brings all of these people who are there to employ people and puts them in the White House. How is that draining the swamp? You just took all of the rich people out of the White House and then put in different rich people. And put in richer people. Arguably, yes. Yeah. Just because you took out the people who disagreed with you who were rich people and then put in rich people. Like what? I, I don't understand the sentiment, but he said all of the right things and there are people out there who genuinely agree with him. I personally don't, but that's it doesn't mean that... that I'm going to tell someone that they're wrong for agreeing with him. Now, to, to not put Donald Trump in a completely negative manner, but there is one thing that I did learn about his uh, tax platform uh-huh. and that he wants to get rid of the death tax. Okay. I think that's great. That is cool. Yeah. You know, because you shouldn't have to pay taxes after you die. No. And, and that shouldn't be responsible of someone else. Right. You know, it's, it's not the citizen's fault that we're trillions of dollars in debt. Right. It's not the citizens fault that they died i mm-hmm. mean maybe it is who knows yeah, right. but it, it's still it's a tragedy thing you know someone's not i mean maybe someone will take their own life so they're not responsible for their debt but it, it shouldn't be the case yeah but guess what if you take your own life and you have debt someone has still has to pay that debt i can see that you but know, if, I, but if it's but if it's like you get hit by a car right and that person's dead right you shouldn't have to take that person's debt no but the beneficiary does you know so if you like if if i die tomorrow and i have a will and you are the beneficiary of the will or whoever is the beneficiary of the will Mm -hmm. whatever debt i have goes to the beneficiary which is super weird because then you still have debt yeah you know and you have to I don't I don't know the ins and outs of the the death system in this country, you know, or the debt system for that matter. Yeah, well, but, it's all intricate for yes. reasons, of course. Of course. Because the people who created it are the people who benefit from it. But But to get back to the point, I think I think really a, a, another issue um to get back onto the dark side of Donald Trump. Yes. is there and, and it's not even him and maybe it is him or maybe he's just marketing on it because he knows that people have this issue, mm-hmm. but there is a huge problem with xenophobia in yeah. this country. It is it is an epidemic. It's almost like a plague. There's a huge people. There's and that's where a lot people. of his voting uh, fan base, his fan base essentially, that's yeah. what it seems like, are are coming from. Is that they have xenophobia and they they have this feeling like oh, we need to get these people out of our country. And chances are you're an immigrant or you descended from an immigrant. Right. So if that's the case. Why are you here? Right. And why am I here? Yeah. Because I my my family, I'm not Native American as far as I know. Right. You know, a lot of us aren't. Even Native Americans technically immigrated to the country. Yeah. I mean, it it was all it's nomadic. Yeah. That's just that's just how it works. So why do we have an issue with people coming into our country, especially when people are dying at a higher rate from violence of domestic people? Mm-hmm. You know, domestic citizens, citizens here, 
that are mm. that are uh, American than from terrorists. Yeah, I mean, I think foreign terrorists. I think I've learned more in the last two years about what it means to be an American citizen from people who are not Americans than I have from being an American citizen for the last however long. Yeah. Because you get people, and you and I both know this, people from other countries, specifically European countries, because they are the most, other than Canada, they're like the most similar people to the United States. And so you get people from like Sweden that we know or yeah. Holland, which we're going to be there, excuse me, not this coming week, but the week after. Um, or, you know, Germany or Finland or, you know, uh, Spain or Great Britain or all of these people. They come and you have conversations with them and I have conversations with them and, and they... They tell me more what it, more what it means to be an American than I can tell them. Like if they asked me, what does it mean to be an American? I would say, well, it means this, and they would say, well, I think it means this, and I'm like, wow, that's a really good point. Yeah. Because you're viewing it from the outside, and you I, see all of this stuff. It's kind of liberating. Yeah. To it, get to get that opinion from the outside, it's like, yeah, no, we we do that, and that's not good. Right. But we try not to as individuals. Right. You know, and we then, can't we can't really speak for the whole entire country because no. we're not the entire country. But yes, we want to see that to right. be the entire country to, to think in, in some regards like like how we do and, and how their outside point of view is looking in. Yeah. And I mean, they they say, oh, well, you know, Americans do this. And then, you know, my girlfriend is Dutch. We won't yes. name names, but um, she's Dutch, and she tells me things about the Netherlands. And she's like, oh, well, we do it this way. And I go, shit, that's a good idea. Yeah. Why don't we do it that way? And then I look at the United States, and I'm like, well, that's that's kind of weird that we don't do it that way. You know? I think it's also just based on population. Yeah. Because I mean, we have a large population, and it's also spread vastly. And it's also not, like, for the most part, and obviously I don't want to generalize, but for the most part, people in Germany are German. For the most part, people in Holland, I mean, Holland's a different example because yeah. they have Amsterdam and that place is awesome. Um, but for the most part, people in Sweden, other than like Syrian immigrants or Syrian refugees, whatever, are Swedish. Right. In the United States, everyone is from a different place. Yes. Or comes from a different place. Or, comes or from descended from place. people from different places. Right. And then we have all of these 50 different states that are all of these laboratories of democracy yep. that create all of these different policies. Like Massachusetts is far different than even New York and it's far different even than like Mississippi and Mississippi is different than Texas and Texas is f way different than California and California is different than Alaska. You know, you get all of these different areas. Which has its pros and cons. Of course. And there are regional differences in, in other countries, but it's, I don't, I feel like it's not as stark as in the United States. You know, the Northeast and the Southeast are very different places. And the Southeast and the Southwest are very different places. Yeah. It's a very odd place when you think about it, you know. It's just, it's such a weird place. Like, when you think about it and you, and you look at other countries, it's super odd. Yeah. To be an American. Because, like, even if you go comparison size, like a country that's similar in size and similar, similar in population... 
Pakistan, Brazil. Yeah. They all they have like 250, 260 million people. And even like I I don't know what the population of Russia is, but I would say it's fairly close or at least similar in proximity. I have no idea to be honest. Yeah. But see. it's far bigger geographic size than the United States. And they also have like every terrain on planet Earth. Oh, they're actually less, 143.5 million. Still a lot of people. <laughs> it's it's a lot of people, but it's, but it's half the US population. Yeah. However, everyone for the most part in Russia I as Unless far as you're I Chechen. know, or Ukrainian, which is now part of Russia. Right. Um <laughs> um like Chechens are completely different. But like south southern Russians are like Asian people. Yeah. They're like Mongolians almost. And I I don't want to generalize about these people at all cuz I don't know anything about what I'm talking about. But I mean, again, that's a very different and vast country. Yes. But it's also, it, like I was saying, it's it's cool to see the United States from an outside point of view and have that perspective when you talk to, you know, international students, even the Brazilians that we know. Yeah. You know, they come here and they say, oh, well, you know, you know the United States is this, and they ha- there's these really good things about the United States, and then there's really bad things from our point of view. Not uh, Mike and I, but... Um, the the international people that we know and and it's mainly education yeah it is mainly education and usually everything else they're like okay that kind of makes sense you know the social welfare system in this country is run by the states yeah which is like that's a whole that ins and outs of that system is very weird yes but i mean this country also revolves completely around work but that's another conversation for another time but then the way people in this country and we are sort of like biased and jaded because we are from the northeast and we look at it through the northeastern point of view but i've always been of the mindset at least recently because when i was you know when you're 16 you know you think everyone's wrong yeah but then you get older part of growing up yeah then you get older and you you hear other people's point of view you know when i came to college i was super like one way and then I heard people talk, and I was like, oh, yeah, that does actually make sense. Yeah. But now I subscribe to the idea that whoever has the best idea, you know, if we can talk about it, and this is where I sort of disagree with both sides, Republican and Democrat. If you cut off discussion about things, it's very dangerous. Yeah, it's unhealthy. It, because if you can't talk about things and come to some sort of consensus, regardless of whether you disagree with the person, like you and I don't agree on everything. Don't agree on most things. Yeah. But I can see your point of view and you can see mine. Absolutely. And that's not unhealthy to like just because someone has a difference of opinion than you doesn't mean that that, you know, you're wrong or they're right or, that, you know, vice versa. And I have I know younger people who are going into college and the only advice I can give them. And I think this is across the board is it does not matter because our friends are very different than us. Yeah. Like, they live down the hall, very different than us. Mm-hmm. They live down the hall the other way, very different. Yeah. The only advice I can give them is, it does not matter if people have a difference of opinion than you, as long as they treat you like a good person, at the end of the day, who cares? Yeah. You know? You're not making policy with, and maybe... And as long as it's not harming you. No. You know? I mean, if they're aggressive towards you and they're just, like, pushing their opinion, anyone who does that, to be completely honest with you, it should you should probably just shouldn't associate with them. Yeah. Because 
it's like the flat earthers. You know, I'm never going to convince <laughs> someone that the that a person who believes the the earth is flat, I'm never going to convince them that the earth is not flat. Yeah. You know, but the people who are on the fence, sort of like the oh, I think the earth might be flat. Those are the people you can can convince. Yes. You know, the people who don't have strong opinions about things, who if you tell them they're wrong, like I was listening to the 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 Phil DeFranco podcast with Joe Rogan. Yeah. He said something about if you you know, just blatantly disagree with someone and they say, you know, they're just going to double down on their opinion. Why wouldn't they? Oh, you're wrong. Well, no, I'm not wrong. So if you, you know, find someone who's on the fence and they don't have strong opinions about things, that's how you can generate discussion and generate, you know, things like that. But it's, it's just a weird society that we live in. People are like this team or that team. Like I like the Bruins. You like the Rangers. But guess what? We both like hockey. I hate Tanner Glass as much as you do. <laughs> I hate Dan Girardi as much as you do. And yeah. hate's a very strong word, obviously. I don't hate him. We don't like. We dislike them. I strongly dislike Dan Girardi. We do not appreciate their presence on our respective teams. You and I dislike Zidane Ochara on the Boston Bro- Great dude, I feel like. Yeah. Great guy. Salt of the earth. I mean, anyone that can climb Mount Kilimanjaro and then... Anyone who could do 50 pull-ups in a row and speak seven languages <laughs> and who's seven feet tall, definitely not going to disrespect. No. But... I don't like, the, you know, but we can agree that they may not be the best fits. Yeah. Now. It's part of being a fan. When you get the Patriots fans and the Jets fans together, the Jets fans are always wrong. That's just a fact. <laughs> the Giants fans, I can see. You beat us at two Super Bowls. Awesome. Cool. I get it. You, I mean, David Tyree catching the ball in his face. Not cool. Nope. But guess what? We had Julian Edelman catching the ball with... Um, Defying the laws of gravity. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson is trying to figure out how he caught that. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, doing mathematic calculations. But I just, the Jets fans are always wrong. And I know that's an unpopular opinion up here in Albany, but yeah, for sure, those are the people you're not going to convince to be Patriots fans. You know, there's no Jets fan that's on the on the fence about being a Jets fan. Yeah. and It's and either a one or a zero, you know. That's kind of like me with, I guess I could say Islanders fans. Like, I don't want to generalize all Islanders fans. No, you can generalize all Islanders fans. But a lot of them have that kind of like little brother syndrome. Yeah. Where they they are always like, they they just, they, they like an, a Rangers loss almost more, and if not more, than an Islanders win. Yeah. And it's really, it's kind of disturbing. Like, to be to be completely fair, like, I wouldn't care if the Islanders did good. Yeah. Right. I mean, of course, I don't want to. I don't want to see them win another Stanley Cup in my lifetime. It's all right; they won't. Yeah, but <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it looks like it, especially with the whole issue with uh, Josh Hosang. Yeah. Um, Rest in peace, John, John Tavares. Your career is pretty much over there. Hashtag number sixty-six. Oh man. <laughs> um, but it's like I, I, I like John Tavares as a player. If he wasn't on the Islanders, yeah. Really though, but I still respect his talent, just like I respect Sidney Crosby's talent, just like I respect, uh, I mean, any player's talent that's yeah. on a team that's not mine. Right. You know, like I'm not, I, I don't want to say I don't like the Bruins, but I'm definitely not going to cheer for them when they play the Rangers. Of course, naturally, right. That only makes sense. But I think they're they're top players. I'm, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Marshawn, but I respect his talent. You right. know, I don't have to like him, but I'm going to respect him because he's a talented hockey player. Right. I'm going to respect. Dave Pasternak because he's a very talented hockey player. Patrice yeah. Bergeron, 
uh, even Krejci, you know. Patrice Bergeron's my dad. I don't know if I'm <laughs> there, but that guy is just a, a solid guy all around. Yeah. But that being said, while we're talking about respecting other hockey teams, the hatred I feel for the Montreal Canadiens <laughs> goes into the center. Like, I have the Earth's core inside of me filled with hate for the Montreal Canadiens. Well, keep in mind they traded for Steve Ott, so that's kind of like their own. <laughs> Anyone who trades for Steve Ott. And Jordy be, Ben. Needs to be disbanded from the NHL. The Ben brother that nobody knew existed. Yeah. Who, he, I mean, he has a beard. And Ginger. He has a beard. That's yeah. it. Like, uh, yeah. Um, I, and for a Claude Julian to go to the Montreal, I was so angry. <laughs> I was blinded. I, w- I was seeing red when Montre- uh, when um, Claude Julian went to Montreal. Like, are you joking? That's yeah. like, that's like. John Steinbrenner from the Yankees. I think his first name was John. Steinbrenner from the Yankees in the heart of the Yankees-Red Sox hatred dispute. Going from the Yankees and like, I'm going to sell the Yankees and go and go work with John Henry. Like, are you joking? Well, that was the second time, right? Uh, that, that, that was a swap? Unfortunately. Where, they, where, they, where uh, Claude Julian and uh, Michelle Therrien swapped jobs. Uh-huh. Yeah. It made me... I, oh, my God. I was so mad. Like, I'm still kind of salty about it. I, I feel like... Because, well, the Bruins are, are, what was it? The Bruins won, what year was that? 11. 2011. And then they went back to 13 and they lost to the Blackhawks. The Montreal Canadiens last won the Stanley Cup in 1995. I think I they think won the so. year after. It was either the year before or the year after the New York Rangers. Yeah, it was either 93. I think it may have been 93. It Actually, might have I think been. it was the year before. So, clearly, swapping coaches really hasn't done much for them. Except for the Bruins. But, once again, like we mentioned before, that was kind of an outlier. Yeah. Uh, and kudos to them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, that was not a. I mean, that was just a, a series of luck. Yeah, Tim Thomas also had a crazy season and also an even crazier postseason. Yeah, when when Dennis Seidenberg plays goal for you and you know stops the puck <laughs> with his hand, I think it was Dennis Seidenberg, right? I don't remember. Or um, Mark Recchi, maybe. Oh, no. Mark Recchi, that's a throwback. Seriously though, total throwback. Um. Yeah, but it's. I I feel confident in the fact that the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, they do have Shea Weber now, which was the uneven, the most uneven trade of the century, it turns out. But um, well, it's it's ah, that's that's such a sticky situation with with Shea Weber and and PK Subban because PK Subban is an unreal defenseman. Yes, he is a great hockey player. However, a fantastic dresser, by the way. Yeah, oh, for sure. That guy has fashion. Excellent, like I've never seen. Excellent sense of fashion, but. I don't think Nashville realized that. Uh, I, I don't think. And now, keep in mind, he also was injured mm-hmm. for, I, I don't know how many games he was out, but he was out for a, a pretty decent chunk of games. And who knows, maybe he's still, because you know how hockey players are. There's this there's this utter sense of needing to be a tough guy and playing while you're injured. You know, case in point, Ryan Callahan. Yeah. Guy still skating on a broken leg during a game. Yeah, you the, have the Patrice Bergerons of the world, where he has yeah. a separated shoulder and broken ribs, and and you're still playing throughout long. the rest of the of the series, and you're literally on the bench about to die. Rich, what was it? Rich Peverly? Yeah, <laughs> dies on the bench. Seriously, had a heart <laughs> attack, right? He had heart failure or something. Yeah, no, he went to cardiac arrest. Yeah, and he gets brought back to life in the hospital, and he's like, "Yeah, can I can I play?" And they're like, "No, you're I'm not, done." I'm not a doctor, but that's a problem. You died. <laughs> you cannot play hockey again. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. Yeah, you're done. Sorry, a, guy. Yeah, it's a serious problem. But uh, it's it's an inherent 
need for like toughness. Yeah, when you see them spit teeth out on the bench and they get hot back on, you're like, oh, my finger's broken. Ah, I don't need that finger. It's not my, it's not my dominant shooting hand. Like, yeah. are, you, are you kidding? That's it's stupid. It's yeah. not. It's not correct. Well, I mean, I guess you could call it courageous, but it's a stupid courageous. Yes. Your yeah. your career's on the line. Yeah, I know you want to win that championship, and you want you want to have that kind of legacy to your name. But you also need to be alive, yeah, <laughs> to continue that that legacy. And you also need to be in shape enough to play the game. Yeah, you know that's that's why. Uh, oh, was it Pascal Dupuis stepped yeah. away from the game? Yeah. yeah, I mean he he saw that he had health concerns, and he didn't pull a like Jed Ortmeier, <laughs> where <laughs> basically the doctor said, "Yeah, you're gonna die if you keep playing hockey." Pretty much. Yeah, but for sure, if you're on like the Winnipeg Jets halfway through the season, you blow out your knee. Don't try and come back. No, you're not going anywhere. You know, um, or if you're on the on the Dallas Stars this season. Oh, jeez. Or on the, or on. I mean, even in Florida. Did you even see that coming? Like you, you, you had a team that was lighting it up. Yeah. Meanwhile, Columbus is like number two in the league. (laughs) <laughs> whether the first or they're the first team in the league. First of all, you play in Ohio, where you have the fifth third bank. Well, they're they're in the same division as Washington. Yeah. So they're like third. I think they're second or third. I think regardless, they're, they're tearing it up this season. And Under John Tortorella. That name gives me nightmares. Yeah. Well, you're not a Rangers fan. Yeah, I know, but still. Where Rangers fans still want him to come back just because he's doing good in Columbus. <laughs> That's like it's. It's gonna be a really un unwarranted comparison, but it's sort of like people who are in abusive relationships. Like they, you know, deep down inside, it's not good for you, but you want them back because you think you love them. Yeah. You know, Rangers fans have like this weird hatred for things that are good and love for things that are not beneficial for them. Also, sorry, Ron Duguay, but you need to get out of the broadcast box. Yeah. You're just not fit to be there. Yeah. He on Twitter he is celebrating. It looked like he was literally celebrating the fact that Tanner Glass got brought up. You're talking about a guy who dresses like he's still in the seventies, <laughs> dresses his hair like he's still in the seventies, and yeah. acts like he's still in the seventies, and thinks hockey is still played like it was in the seventies. Yeah, where people I'm sorry would start to break it. The Bruins would start fights with the fans in the yeah, stand, and well, they scale the glass. And then you also have Mike Milbury who comments on hockey. So that's another thing. At the at the old Boston Garden where it would rain inside. Yeah, because the there was no. Like the all the the ice would evaporate, and it would just rain. But yeah, Ron, I'm, I'm sorry, I gotta break it to you. Hockey is not played like that anymore. It's not an all-out brawl. You, I don't even know if there's. I don't even think there's been a line brawl this season so far. Unfortunately, the Rangers played the first half, I think, of of the season, and only had a handful of fighting majors. I mean, Gustav Nyquist is trying to throw it back by hitting what's his face in the face with a stick. Well, was that not Gustav Nyquist? Oh, uh, the, what the guy on on the Red Wings? Yeah, that that hit the guy in yeah, the face Nyquist. when he got jabbed. Yeah, it was Nyquist. Yeah, he just he's trying to throw it back and breaking sticks in people's faces. So. Yeah, well, I mean, there's there's that that I mean, I I understand there's things that happen here in the moment. Uh, that is not an excuse to say that what he did was the right thing to do. Obviously, it wasn't. Of the moment. <laughs> but it, when you when you do that there's there's certain people that have those kind of outbursts it's just yeah. a personality type of thing yeah you know no one's perfect it, it's just going to happen um you just learn from your mistakes and you move on but to say that there's still a fighting culture in hockey yeah and to say that there there are players you know that are bred to fight yeah you don't have Donald Brashears anymore you don't have Derek Bugard's rest in peace 
Nope. You don't have your your other enforcers like Sandy McCarthy's and nope. things like that 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 were brought up just to fight. I mean, John. You look at John Scott. Yeah. John Scott, when he was growing up playing hockey, he was turning into a very good hockey player. Yep. Then he gets into a fight. Yeah. In a game in a, in, a, in a youth league, and beats the shit out of some <laughs> kid. And they're like, uh, "Yeah, you're good. You're good at that. Keep yeah. doing that." Either go to boxing or stay here and just beat the tar out of people for a living. And you can make $800,000 a year. Yeah. And you can keep your family secure. You can have health insurance. You can travel the country. And you can have a good time. Or you could not be able to read at the age of 45. Yeah. It's a toss-up for you. You know? Yeah. And then and he makes out of a straw. Yeah, right. And then you... And then you see John Scott in the All-Star game last year, which was one of the best experiences, one of the best All-Star oh. games, just because John Scott was in it. Well, I just like that it was a big middle finger to Gary Bettman. Yes. And it was just hilarious seeing Gary Bettman have to hand that check to him for getting MVP yeah. of the All-Star game. And it was just the funniest thing ever. There's I also a- like the fact that Patrick Kane got booed like no other Where, when they were Buffalo? announcing names. Oh, Oh, no, at the, no, at the All Star yeah, game because because he had those allegations, yeah, of sexual assault, yeah, because he's allegedly a piece of shit, which I won't deny. I just like that the all of these like um, commissioners are taking L's from the players, yeah, like like Roger Goodell, who I will obviously always defer to Barstool Sports <laughs> with anything <laughs> that regards to to Roger Goodell because they have put out some of the funniest shit I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Where David Bordoy and three of his friends or three of the people who work at Barstool were in the NFL's headquarters and would not leave and had free Brady T-shirts on. <laughs> that is the greatest – single-handedly the greatest Patriots moment next to the five Super Bowls. But then Tom Brady comes back and wins the Super Bowl down by 25 points. And you could not hear what Roger Goodell was saying because they were booing. I think Atlanta fans were booing Goodell, too. Yeah. They may have left, but that was glorious. Yeah, of course. Gary Bettman taking an L. Fine by me. Doesn't hurt my feelings. No. Um, Can't stand the guy. No. The NBA commissioner? I don't watch basketball. No. I don't know anything about basketball. Uh, A lot of these commissioners, though, it's it's like they're trying to take the fun out of the the sport. They're wondering why... Like, either their sport is not doing well or not. Like, I know I know NASCAR isn't very, especially in our area, isn't isn't huge. But the fact that Monster, you know, they, they decided, hey, you know, we're going to move from Sprint, mm-hmm. you know, a cell phone company or a cell phone service company, a service provider, and switch to Monster Energy. Yeah. That's catching the audience that you want. You want to catch youth. Right. You want to say, hey, check it out. We're sponsored by Monster Energy, and we're going to have the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. Right. That's cool. Yeah. It's attractive. You know, they they bring in like these these you know beautiful models that that you know walk up and down pit lane, and they they make this this sport you know very attractive and, and more aggressive, and mm-hmm. and it's cool. And you know they change rules to keep attention and things like that. But you have hockey where. If a player celebrates in a certain way, they get fined. Yeah. Or if they're, you know, it, it seems like the, you, you try and take away the passion of the sport, and that's why these, you know, now full-grown adults were playing when they were a kid. They wanted to, you know, pretend that their hockey stick was on fire because they scored a savage goal like Ovechkin did and then got right. fined. Yeah. Or you want to 
Dude, like Timu Solani, yeah. when he when he broke the record for for the fastest amount of goals scored, I think it was. Yeah. He throws his glove up into the air, and then takes his stick out like a rifle and just starts shooting it like he's uh, was it ski ski shooting? Yeah, that guy was something else. That oh. entire Ducks team was just that was the era. Well, of... that was not Ducks. That was when they were still the Winnipeg Jets. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. So that entire era of like just building franchises was real. Yep. Detroit from the early '90s until the early 2000s. Colorado, ironically enough, when they won what two Stanley Cups in the span of like four years. Yeah. And, um, uh, Anaheim, and those three franchises were just killing it. Meanwhile, the original six are limping along, and the Boston Bruins are. Like, you couldn't have paid me to go and sit on steel bleachers in the old Boston Garden and watch the Bruins lose, like, 82 games a year, basically. Or, you know, the New York Rangers, when they, yeah, they won in 94, and they had some great players at the early 2000s, and then that whole slump, like, the mid-2000s. dark ages. The mid-2000s was the worst decade for literally everything. Music was terrible. Sports were terrible. Popular culture is the worst. Yeah, and there was this like modernization on everything. So like the the Rangers, they had the awesome Liberty jerseys, and they're yeah. like, how how can we take this a step further? And then they had this weird like modernization look on the shield, and it was the ugliest jersey ever. Yeah, I I don't know which was worse, the the shield jersey from the seventies, yeah, or the shield jersey from that time, because they I literally had it for like a few seasons. And they're like, this is the worst idea ever. We yeah. need to stop this. The one thing I will give the NHL credit for is the Stadium Series and the Winter Classic. Nope. No, you don't like it? I like the Winter Classic. Not the I think they, they started getting crazy with the Stadium Series. Now it's like, hey, everybody gets an out. It's, it was like Oprah Winfrey with outdoor games. It's like, yeah. you get an outdoor game, and you get an outdoor game. <laughs> yeah. And It'll... somehow it always involves the Blackhawks. Yeah, it always. does seem to. I mean, it literally <laughs> is like the coldest place on planet Earth. Yeah. But... But still, that doesn't give you an excuse to just keep no. marketing. But that's what they're going to do. They're going to they're gonna keep marketing the teams that get the most revenue. Right. But if people haven't realized... Especially Blackhawk fans. Sorry, guys, but you're very fair weather if you look at your uh, attendance stats when yeah. your team wasn't doing good compared to how they are now. Yeah. You guys weren't showing up when they were bad. Rangers right. fans, they could be literally last place, and they're still having a sellout crowd. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's pretty sad. Another thing that's kind of weird, too, is you'll never see, if, if the Rangers do participate in another outdoor game, it'll never be a home game for them. Do you no. know why? Why? Tax reasons. It's an yeah. agreement with, uh, I think it's either with Madison Square Garden or New York State. It's it's one of the two where they will not get the tax break that mm-hmm. they get if they play a home game outside of So it has to be Madison Square Garden. That's cause, ridiculous. Because then Madison Square Garden loses the revenue. Yeah. So when they when I, I actually went to the stadium series game at Yankee Stadium uh, when they played the Islanders. Yeah. Ironically, the first time I saw the Rangers play the Islanders. So you think as a Rangers fan, I would have seen it at the Garden or even at the mausoleum. I'm yep. sorry, Islanders fans, the Coliseum. Uh, but no, I saw them at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. And it was an away game for the Rangers. It was a home game for the Islanders at Yankee Stadium. <laughs> you know, let that sink in a little bit. Yeah, that's <laughs> so weird. It's it's just so strange how, how things work in the league and how, you know, contracts and agreements can really affect the experience for the fans. Yeah. And even for the players, you know. Any of the Rangers players that played in the Stadium Series or played in the in the Winter Classic when they played against Philly, yeah, 
they they can't say that that was a home game for them. No. You know, we won it in front of the home crowd. You know, you could say, quote unquote, we won it in front of the home crowd, but it's not. And that's kind of lame. You know, yeah. you would consider Yankee Stadium to be like, quote unquote, the home home team area for the Rangers because yeah. it's Bronx versus Manhattan. Right. You know, it wouldn't be home for the Islanders, even though it was. Yeah. That would be like Shea Stadium or not Shea Stadium. Sorry. City Field. Yeah. Um. It's still Shea Stadium. <laughs> it's like the Worcester. It's like the, the TD Garden in Worcester. It's still the centrum to me for all those people in Worcester, Massachusetts. But I'm sure. So it, come, it comes down to like Madison Square Garden has, has a stranglehold on yeah. on the Rangers. See, I don't like that. I don't like it either. You know, like when, when the Bruins pay, play in the stadium series, it's not like the TD Garden has to be at the TD Garden. No. I'm sure the TD Garden is like, yeah, please go play outside. I'm sh- please. Yeah. We don't want to have to put the ice up. We have a Celt- we have the Celtics playing tonight. Yeah, like do us a favor. Yeah, really. And then they get, you know, uh, all the college teams to play on the outdoor ice. And they had BU and Northwest, uh, excuse me, Northeastern and Harvard. And, you know, it wasn't the bean pot. They didn't have that on, on the outdoor ice. I think they played that at the Garden, but. Well, James Dolan is also a huge piece of shit. Yeah, too shit. Pardon my French, but he is just a terrible owner. Yeah, because he owns the Knicks, owns the Rangers. I think he, I think he owns every team, probably. Like he and ah, uh, I mean to be fair, John Henry's not the best of people either. He owns the Red Sox and Fenway yeah, Roush. He lets his team play home games in the state that he's in. Yeah, <laughs> that his team is located. Yeah, in. Yeah, but if you've ever been to Fenway and you're over five foot five, it's still not a great time. You yeah. Know? Well, that year the Rangers actually played two stadium series games. Yes, that's true. Didn't the first game one? was against the Devils. Yep. Still an away game. That's super weird. In New York. And then the NHL was like, you know what? We should have an outdoor game. Los Angeles. That would be a great That game. actually worked out really well, believe it, was it or not. It turns out, great game. Because the, the engineer that works on that ice is is a genius. I can't make ice cubes in the freezer. And <laughs> that guy somehow figured out how to make an ice rink on the beach. Working turned like, out what to was be, it, 60, 70 degrees? Yeah. Turned out to time? be a great game. Yeah. Awesome. And then you get the ones in, like, Chicago or Green... Uh, not Green Bay. Um... That's football. Um, Chicago, God forbid they have one in Minnesota. Yeah. Can you imagine? Where like they the, have the most outdoor rinks in the country. Yeah, right. Exactly. Go figure. That would make sense. <laughs> they would still have it at a baseball field. Though. Of course they would. Or football. Wherever yeah, they, they play with the Brewers play or something. Yeah. Which wouldn't be fun. No. Like just play on the play on the Michigan State, uh, excuse me, the um, Univer- what is it, University of Michigan or something, the football field. Yeah, well, they, didn't they do that with the, the Red Wings Toronto one? I think so. That was crazy. Yes. That was absolutely nuts. I feel like any game between the Red Wings and Toronto, no matter what era, is still probably pretty well, good. Well, there, there was an issue with that game where they switched the ends that they were playing in yeah. during the period because of the sun. So it was an added element to the yeah. game, which was really cool, to make it a fair advantage because the sun was at one point yeah. in the sky and players were getting blinded by it and they yeah. couldn't see. So they're like, okay, we'll just switch you guys halfway through once a whistle blows and then... You can just keep playing. It's because Manfred Mann had something to do with it. He's probably like from blinded by the light. Yeah, but also keep in mind the world is flat, so. Touche. I don't know how that science worked. Touche. Well, when we fly to uh, Europe, you'll find out exactly how flat the earth is. You can't see the other side. Wait. And um, it takes, you're on a plane for five hours, okay? Anyone who's flown internationally, especially to Europe, you're on the plane for five hours. Okay. But you so say you leave at eight o'clock at night, 
and you get to like Iceland or Great Britain. Okay. And then it's 7:30 in the morning. We've only been on the plane for 5 hours. How could that possibly be if the earth is flat? How could it only take 5 hours to fly 3000 miles? You're thinking way too far. I'm not good at math, nor am I good at astronomical science. But that seems to make sense if the earth is round and it rotates towards you. <laughs> like are you joking? <laughs> The Earth is coming towards you. Well, who, who was the who was the basketball player that just came out that he's that he's a total flat earther? I don't know. Someone who plays with the Cavaliers, so he plays oh, with LeBron. See. So <clears throat> excuse me, he plays with LeBron. So he just has something to do with to fill his time when he's not scoring. Oh, it was Kyrie Irving. Knew it. See, told you. Kyrie Irving believes that the world is flat. A Duke graduate. Hey, listen, if you don't believe the earth is flat, you don't what what do you believe? Really? But I don't I don't know. I don't <laughs> These people aggravate me to no end. Yes. It's like saying the dinosaurs aren't real. I mean, granted, I wasn't alive then, but you know, we have fossils. Um No, those those were manufactured. Right. Okay. Yeah, they made those in a plant in like China or something like that and just put them underground. Okay. All right. Yeah. That would be have to like the, be the biggest conspiracy of all time. Other than like the Rothschilds conspiracy that they own all the international banks or something. <laughs> I just, I just think it's great that someone thinks that someone just you know, at night, just dug up the ground, threw some fossils in there, and then had an excavation team. Yeah, right. Spend just, like six months. Look at them these up. things we found. Yeah, right. We found some things. Yeah, the we're Illumi- gonna put them in a museum. <laughs> the Illuminati is planting dinosaur bones out there. With, you know, the uh, the Bilderberg group or whatever. They're just planting fossils for dinosaurs. Yeah. I don't I don't understand it. But whatever. Maybe maybe the maybe the NHL maybe Gary Bettman is doing it. That's almost convincing. Really? It is. Maybe I'm surprised. Maybe they're 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 planting the fossils of Yarmir Yager. <laughs> and they're gonna, they're gonna create a, f- a fossil record of Yager of all the teams that he's been on. No, what they're gonna do is they're gonna put him in a in one of those like uh, one of those things that you did as a kid, the time capsule. Yes, they're gonna put him in one of those. Yeah, he's turns out he actually just frozen. he just came out of. The, turns out he's a thousand years old, and he <laughs> when he got drafted, he came out of the time capsule, <laughs> and so he's been playing in the NHL for what thirty years now. He's been playing in the NHL longer than I've been alive. Yeah. Think about that for a second. He's been playing in the NHL longer than some of the players getting drafted into there have been alive. There's players on his team on the Florida Panthers that were not born when he started playing hockey. That's disgusting. Yeah. But also, congrats to you, Yager. Yeah. You know, because I've never dedicated so much time to anything in my life as he's dedicated. Well, t- to be fair, my life hasn't been as long as his life. But yeah. Like, that guy is a true gentleman and a legend. Yeah. If I've ever seen one, you know, I, such a class act, and I don't, I don't know how he does it because he is literally one thousand years old. But I don't know, more power to you, I guess. To get back to Gary Bettman laying down fossils. Next one's gonna be found in the expansion. Yeah. Area that they want to go to. Yeah. That's what's gonna happen. Yep. Yeah. So it has to be him. Yep. Yeah. Guarantee they're gonna find it in Seattle. Can you imagine if they if they if they they find a a fossil (laughs) in some random city in the United States and Gary Benton is like, we're gonna put a team there. That's where we're going. Yeah. Right. Oh my God. The Illuminati at work. Yep. Whoo. Yikes. 
That's the worst thought ever. Yeah, it kind of hurts that I even conjured that thought. It's I'm really not. I'm not proud of myself. Ugh. Not proud of myself at all. All right, I think we're gonna wrap it up. It yes. has been a wonderful time, and we will be back. But we are not here this coming week. We will be, like I said, we are going to the Netherlands doing uh, for a little vacation. But yeah, uh, well, well needed we'll vacation. Absolutely, we'll be back after that. So it was a pleasure. Stay frosty or whatever. My my seventh grade English teacher, uh, science teacher. I think it was seventh grade. She used to say that. She used to say, "Stay frosty." She would write it on all of her tests. That's weird. Yeah, salt of the earth, great lady. Yeah, but all right, stay frosty, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, enjoy. Uh, Catch our next one. Okay. Bye bye. Okay, see ya.